<laughs> like a horse. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! Uh, this is asinine radio this is the weekly music podcast where we uh we get in we talk about beer we talk about all the great music that we love and uh yeah this is asinine radio this is i think week (laughs) three or week four of june i don't know Uh, my name is tyler way out there hundreds of miles away way out there in the ether is jeff Mm. Uh, so we're going to start with our Fearless Beer Review, then we're going to get into our songs of the week, and then we're going to round it out with some new music and other happenings in the music world. This may or may not be our shortest episode ever. Oh. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, oh. So let's let's jump right into our uh, Fearless Beer Review, Jeff. What do you got? I got burrito grease on my white shirt. <laughs> it's so disgusting. <laughs> what, the white shirt or the burrito grease? Uh, both. Okay. Well, the beer I have both, both, both. is uh, is it's a local boy. It's called Day Drinker Lager. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a lager, American lager, three point nine percent. It's from a local brewery, Petal House or Petal Haas, H A U S. Their main brewery is in Tempe, and they have a sister location in Chandler. And okay. um, we got this on the keg. We got it today. We picked it up. Yeah, you guys are gonna have a wild night. Fun story about this um, is, I don't know why. Maybe the laws are different or whatever it is, but a lot of breweries out here don't like selling directly to customers. You got to go through like a liquor store mm-hmm. or like a Bevmo or somewhere to get kegs. And so during the quarantine, we had gone to this brewery, and they gave us a keg, and they told us like usually we don't do this, but like we're not making any money, so it's fine, whatever. And so when I called them to get it filled up again, they were they were like, no, you got to go to the, the liquor store across the street from us because that's where we give all our kegs to and you can pick up whatever you need from them. And I was like, well, like, I already paid my deposit. Like, who's going to give my money back to my deposit? And I'm like, oh, you're one of the people from the quarantine. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. Was like, oh, no, nah, just come get it. You can, we'll give you another one. Don't worry about it. And so now I'm, I'm, a, now I'm a part of, like, this secret society of people <laughs> that can get... Kegs part of the elite directly from the brewery. <laughs> Did you say is that is that like a law in Arizona? Or I don't know. I haven't I haven't looked into it. I didn't really realize it was like a thing until like today when they were like, "Nah, we don't like we don't do that." Most breweries don't do that. I was like, "What the fuck?" Just, so I have weird. money. You have beer. We should do a trade. Yeah, you would think that'd be okay, but that's super weird. Super weird. I feel good because now the beer tastes better because most people have to go through an extra step just to get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is fresh. You know it's fresh because they just they, they, they just kegged it today. Did they really? Yeah. I called them yesterday and they were like, well, our brewer's not in. I'll leave a note for him to, to, to keg it up for you tomorrow at 11. I picked it up about 1. 
Damn. So that is like probably the freshest of the fresh. Freshest of the fresh. Wow. Yep. That's impressive. Impressive. <sighs> All right. Well, I got. I don't. I don't know if I've had this before. I might have had it on the pod, but I'm not. I don't even know at this point. Everything's a giant haze. Um, is it a hazy? It is. <laughs> oh my god. It's called uh, Hazer is gonna haze from Belching Beaver Brewery Dude. in Vista, California. Uh, yeah, this is a hazy IPA. It is quite cold because I just got it out of my refrigerator and I'm just trying to buy time because I cannot read. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Hazer is going to haze. <laughs> but it's uh, it's 8.2 ABV. It's it's pretty strong for a hazy Ooh. from what it seems. The label's really cool uh, next to the little uh, beavers that are drinking beers. Um, it says damn good times spray painted on there. And it looks like they're drunk biker beavers. That's what they look like. Drunk so yeah, that, that's what I got. Beavers. Biker beavers enjoying beer. Biker beavers enjoying beer. Yes, exactly. I'm pouring mine right now. Uh, I I looked on oh. Beer Advocate. Our boy Raul did not review this one. I'm once again. I'm still worried about Raul. I don't know where he's been. Um, yeah, we haven't heard from him in a while. Hope he's okay. I I hope so too. It's been. A hope that hope that Guatemalan prison isn't uh, making the best of him or the worst. Yeah, I don't know. So come back to us, Raúl. We mi- Raúl, we miss you. Uh, you ready to to try this to drink this stuff? Even though you've already been drinking uh, it. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Yeah, it's good. That's a solid haze, man. Barely hoppy, quite quite delicious and and citrusy, and um, not very full bodied or malty. So that's kind of nice. It's refreshing. It's a very refreshing hazy IPA. So good for them. That was, this is good. This is good stuff. Hmm. Okay, hmm. refreshing hazy IPA. Refreshing hazy IPA. Yes. All right. From well, Belching Beaver. From the belching beavers, from the from, beavers that belch, yes, from the belching biker beavers enjoying beverages, beer yes. beverages. So our rating system is three. The number three is a perfect beer. <laughs> Two is a good beer you're going to continue to drink. One's a bad beer, but you should try it once. And zero is liquid hot death. Don't ever try it. Oof. Now, Jeff, what do you rate your fine lager from? I forgot the name of the brewery, but Pedal what do you, House. What do you rate it? Pedal House. Pedal what House. What do you rate it? Um, now, granted, there's not a whole lot here. This is like bare bones, stripped down, very basic American light lager. Mm-hmm. Um, given that, there is a little bit of sweetness to it. This is it's 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 on the back end, kind of. You you drink it, and after you're done taking that gulp you realize that there's a little bit of sweetness there. So it does have a little bit of an edge. Okay. But that's it. There's nothing else. This is just, this is like a, like the blueprint to make other lagers, but it's pretty good. So it's like, so it has kind of like that, that sweet finish of like a Budweiser. No, but I don't know who thinks Budweiser is sweet, but your taste no, buds the, must have been run over by a truck. The end, so. <laughs> the end of the, like clearly the, the that's, taste that's is not, slightly sweet. That's wrong. That's so wrong. Honestly, when was the last time you had a Budweiser? I had one just earlier today. Really? How? Why? No, I didn't. I would never uh, do that. Last time I honestly had a Budweiser is probably when we did the taste test. 
That was like four years ago. That was literally okay. four I, years I, ago. I don't know. What do you want me to do? That's insane. Wasn't good then. Just try it again, that. man. It's good. Maybe maybe it was I'll good buy then, a little and it's sixer good. of it. Maybe I'll buy a little sixer of it and report back next week. Just do it. Drink it ice cold. Mm. <clears throat> Probably not. But this is Perfection. good. This is like I said. This is just a very basic. There's not a whole lot going on. There's no complexity here. This is what you what you see. What you got. It is what it is. Mm. That's awful. But it, this is this is a two. I want to do two point five, but because there's not a whole lot there, I don't know if I can go that high. So I'm gonna do two point four. Okay, that's not bad. Not bad for a lager. For a, like, I'll, I'll always drink this. I could drink this all day and never get tired of it. I could drink it in the rain, the snow, the heat, whatever it is, and I'll always be enjoyed. And I will always enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> and I will always be enjoyed. I will always be enjoyed. <laughs> no, that makes I can, I can pull it, that off. Yeah, I'll always maybe, be enjoyed. I am yeah. enjoyed right now. I am en- <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying my enjoyment. Oh, God. That's sad. All right. My uh my hazer's gonna haze <laughs> out of our three point rating system. I'm gonna have to give this one a two point five as well. I'd go back to it. Uh it's not my favorite haze, but uh from what it looks like, I don't think I'm gonna be able to get it for, for very much longer because it does say that it's retired. It's no longer brewed. According to Beer Advocate. It's no longer That's brewed. That's weird. Brewed. Yeah. So I don't know how many more times I'm gonna have this. But no, it's solid. Two point five out of three for me on this one. Do you know? Do you know when yours was like can or bottled or anything? Is um, there a date on it? Let me nope. see, look at the can. The freshness. Too dark where I am. Do 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 do. By, oh, it was a. Uh, it was canned May twenty sixth of this year. So not. Oh, that, that's not that's old. At only all. a couple weeks old. Yeah. Well, that was like a month old, but. Well, fine. it's not a month old when. Oh, it is a month old. Fuck, I forgot what day it was today. You're right. Ooh, it is bro. a month old. Is today like yesterday? <laughs> uh, you sound like an even dumber Tom DeLong. Hmm. Oh, that'd been, that would have been a good Tom li- lyric, huh? <laughs> it's today, yesterday. No, you that sounded too sense. surfer, though. I, know, I can't. What do you want me to do? You, had, you need more of the Poway accent. I was, there. <laughs> I was on the spot. Uh, just try try harder next time, please. Nah, I'll try. I'll try. Not harder. <clears throat> I know you won't. I'll try. That's... I'll try softer. What? <laughs> that was that was a dumb joke. That was a dumb joke. You're a dumb joke. I know. I know. So let's move on to our songs of the week, Jeff. Uh, what do you got? What, what, what's your pick? Because you, you always go first. Oh, you think you're better than me. Took a big old gulp there, but that's okay. Big gulps. Mm. So, as you're chewing too, huh? Oh yeah. I, I, I got to pick at it. <laughs> it's just sitting there. What do you want me to do? There's a burrito sitting there. It's almost done. It's just like the butt of the burrito. The butt of the burrito is like the best part of the burrito. Be- well, why do you think that? Because I, like, I agree. The butt of the burrito is the best part of the burrito because of a specific reason. I think because of all the juices and everything, because of gravity, all kind of go toward the bottom. That's it. So. That's it, baby. And also you, it. you get the best of the bunched up tortilla. Which is really good too. Uh, it's like the perfect amount of everything at the bottom. The last as quarter you, of a burrito is always the best. As you eat that burrito, especially if it's a full burrito, it's a it's a full fucking donkey wiener thing like that. As you bite into it, everything kind of pushes outward, pushes downward. I guess if you're eating eat it like it's, you're playing a saxophone, right? You got your neck tilted downward. 
But everything's pushing to the end. So when you get to the end, it's just so full of juice, which is just grease. Yeah. And you just get like that last like two or three bites is just flavor explosions. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like dessert. I wish you could eat that first, but it just doesn't work that way. We should come up you with a company like, where we only sell like the, the last quarter. Butts. Yeah, the burrito <laughs> butts. And we can call it the burrito butts. <laughs> the restaurant. It's similar to like when you take a tube of toothpaste and you roll like the end that you've been using. And then when you get, you know, like it's rolled up or whatever it is. But with this, that last squeeze of toothpaste would have extra flavor. So we could invent like a device that rolls your burrito and squeezes everything to the end of it. And then just eat the end of it. That's a, that's a, that's a winner right there. That is a winner. Yeah. I only, uh, I only deal in bangers. Oh, that's definitely debatable. Uh, okay. Let, my, let's, what? Mm-hmm. My my pick is um, from the band Third Eye Blind, 3EB for short, and their song Burning Man from their Day Butts album, also uh-huh. called 3EB, Third Eye Blind. And uh, mm-hmm. I chose this because my mom came to visit us, and she's a huge Third Eye Blind fan. The first two albums, I should say. Mm-hmm. But she loves this band. She's matter, seen them. Really. She's, well, yeah. The first one's the only one that really matters. The mm-hmm. Blue album has like two or three songs that are great and everything else is just kind of filler. But she's seen Thread Blind multiple times, like in their heyday, like in like the early 2000s. And then she's seen them again in like 2010 or something. So she's seen them in different decades. Mm-hmm. And when I say Thread Blind, I really just mean Stephen Jenkins, the, the singer. Yeah, he's the only one that matters. And doing like a little bit more, you know, just looking at facts of Third Eye Blind, mm-hmm. it was it was just it was just the two guys. It was just Stephen Jenkins and then the other dude, Kevin something, the guitar Kevin player, right? C. Yeah. yeah, like that was the band. They got this huge record label without even having a band. It was just like them two, and I couldn't find how they got the other members of the band, like the bass player, the other guitarist, the drummer. But I think the record label put it together. I think the record label gave them these studio musician so this band's not even like a band it's just two guys yeah that it, were just it kind of ruins it a little bit but it does right yeah and then knowing how big of a tool steven jenkins is and how how much of a kind of dick he is to the other guy kevin mm-hmm. and at some point before they signed their big label he created like third eye blind incorporated as like a separate entity rather than splitting all the costs between him and eric <laughs> or something like or kevin and so something to do with the rights were funneled into Third Eye Blind Incorporated That's so under the shame. guise of being completely owned by Stephen Jenkins. And it, like, it turned into this big thing where Stephen Jenkins shysted all of the rights out from the other member of the band. Fuck. That's, I, I've always known that there was a big tiff between the two of them, but I never knew over what. But I've also heard, too, that, that Stephen Jenkins is a giant douchebag. Yeah. Everyone says it. And then um, another cool thing I read is that one in the early days they opened for Oasis, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. But better at the than end Oasis. of the show, oh, they're infinitely better than Oasis. Yeah. But after the show, Third Eye Blind performed the encore. What? Because everybody was shouting Third Eye Blind. They wow. wanted more. They wanted more and more and more. So after Oasis played one song, oh, probably Wonderwall, and they called it quits because nobody liked it. <laughs> Third Eye Blind came back and played more music. And then they were played double, like the promoter paid them double what they were initially offered because they were, they were like everybody wanted to see them. That's crazy. Unheard of. But it makes sense. But that's still nuts. That's crazy. Insane to me. What a hit to the 
what a hit to the uh, the Gallagher brothers' egos. <laughs> they must have been so pissed. Oh yeah, uh, so dude, butter. they're the worst. I fucking they're so awful. They probably made a point to never play that venue ever again. <laughs> I wouldn't have been surprised if they kicked care. Third Eye Blind off the bill. <laughs> but then nobody probably would have shown up. But yeah. but yeah, the song I chose, Burning Man. Um, this was just kind of like a like a deep cut. Obviously, the big tracks, the first like four, are just absolute bangers in their own right, in their own right. Mm-hmm. But this one's kind of later on in the album, but it's still just as fucking good. And just that, like a Burning Man chorus, it's just it builds up to it so perfectly, and it's such a great song. And this album is so fantastic, and I hate yeah. to love it because of all the the controversy within the band members it has. But damn, it's a good album. It is such a banger. We got to do this album again. We did this on a lost episode. We years did. Ago. We did. And yeah, we got to redo it with the lyrics and everything like that. One day we will, though, because it is a solid record. But anyway, here's the uh, here's uh, Jess Pick, Burning Man. There you go. Third Eye Blind and the Damn. song Burning Man. It's great, man. I <laughs> I want to play the whole thing. It's so fucking good. Third Eye Blind just has that 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 edge to him because not only is Steven Jenkins a phenomenal singer mm-hmm. and just the, his vocal delivery is great, but like the instrumentation, the guitarist, like the other dude, Kevin, his little diddlies, his little fills, his little riffs, everything about that is just as perfect, is just as great as Stephen Jenkins. Yeah. That that guitar riff, too, in the beginning, or throughout the whole song, 
it sounds so hard to play. Like the timing, it, the timing of that, that those those notes are just fucking weird. It's so fucking weird. I don't even know how to even start playing it. It's it's like this weird. Um, it's, it's very it's very high, so it kind of matches the 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 higher voice of Steven, and it's it's got this like weird like slide into like hammer ons and, mm-hmm. and pull offs. Yeah, but it's it's so delicate. It's so flawless. It's it's acoustic too. So it's not even like riddled with distortion. It's it's just it's nice. It's just fucking great. <laughs> it's just so good. It's a really good album, and I again I I don't like that i like it that much <laughs> it's ah oh, it's such a fucking banger well that was a good pick that was a great pick so good, good job good job on that good one job. okay let's move on to mine and then we'll finish up this episode real quick uh, i went with motorhead i've been listening to a ton of motorhead and a ton of incubus over the last two weeks two wildly different bands but um but yeah my last week's pick was incubus and this week has been motorhead and Dude, Motorhead are just fucking killer, man. They're they're nonstop action. They never, ever let up throughout their entire career. They started in 1975, and they ended when Lemmy died. I think that was in 2016 when he died. And, uh, yeah, they never stopped. They recorded, and they played shows up until Lemmy's death. Like, a week before Lemmy's death, he was <laughs> playing shows. The dude was fucking insane. And they put out a shit ton of records, but uh, I went with the song Overkill. This is probably one of their bigger songs. It came off their second album called Overkill. That came out in 1979. And um, and according to Kerrang! Magazine, this was rated number 46 among the top 100 greatest heavy metal albums of all time. This album, not the song, but yeah. It's it's a killer fucking song. Jeff's not a, not a, a headman, but... Um, yeah, well, I it, don't. I don't like dislike them. I don't have anything negative to say about them. It's just there's too much there to dive into. Like I don't. But everything you've ever played by them, everything I've ever heard by them, has always been at least you know good, <laughs> if not great. Like that. At worst, they're good. Yeah. Like if if the worst song they've ever done is just good, I mean that's it's remarkable, that's legendary. Yeah, it it truly is, and. Anytime, any I've noticed too. Like I, I have shown people Motorhead who have never listened to them, but they've always they've always heard the name. And they they've seen maybe like the logo or something, and then I play them the music, and they're like, "Oh, I didn't expect this. I expected like death metal style music." Just looking at the the logo and everything, or hearing the name, but when you listen to it, it's more rock and roll. It's not even, yeah, it's metal, but it's more based in rock and roll than anything else, and it shows. I mean, outside of Lemmy's voice. It really is rock and roll, and it's yeah, it's fantastic. And he's always said one of his biggest influences, if not his biggest influence, was Little Richard. Like a hundred percent was Little Richard, which was I think think is always like the coolest thing. So, I want to play a little bit of Overkill, and I forgot to cue it up because I'm so cue smart. it up, baby, cue it up. All right, here it is, Overkill by Motorhead.
There you go. There's a little bit of Motorhead's Overkill. Banger of a song. Some might say all Motorhead sounds the same. And yeah, it does. But <laughs> goddamn, it's fucking, they're all bangers. They're all, oh, they're so good. Motorhead is just truly, truly great. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing like inherently wrong with all of your music sounding the same if it's all good. Exactly. Exactly. Right? Like a lot of rage songs are almost identical, but they're still fucking good. Yeah, ACDC. Even though I'm not a huge fan of them, you know, it's the uh, same not idea. Not all their songs are good, though. That's true. Yeah, their last few records were not good. But Motorhead. I mean, listen. If you go and listen to Motorhead's last record, like it came out less than a year before Lemmy died. That is, a, it's a solid, solid record. It's so good. Ah, oh, damn, dude. There's, and and I think the last record, last two or three records, Motorhead recorded in Santa Ana, California. It's kind of weird. Yeah, a little like slummy guitar stu- or slummy little studio. I think in either Santa Ana or Garden Grove, but I'm pretty sure it was Santa Ana. Yeah. Where where were they? Where they or where are they from? Do you know? They're from England. Oh. All of them are, except I think the last drummer they had Mickey D. Yeah, but I don't think he was from London or England. But no, Motorhead just has this like wave of just just kind of like grooving. <sighs> where it's where it's almost like they're just jamming. They're just kind of riffing off each other because this song's pretty long too for just. A song that doesn't really do anything. Yeah. Like, like it doesn't really go anywhere. It's just kind of the same thing the whole time. But that's what makes it great. Mm-hmm. Is that, that consistency, that overkill, if you were, of just that basic kind of melody and just doing it over and over and over. And not like in an aggressive way, not in a lackadaisical way, just a very groove. They are very, very groove-based for a metal band. It's very good, and uh, you know, another reason why I wanted to pick them this week was because we're doing the Sex Pistols record, Never Mind the Bollocks, uh, and Motorhead were probably one of the best punk, thrash, metal, rock and roll bands of the 70s, if not yeah. the best. Like they, they were able to merge all of these styles into this one band, and like the people have always said, Motorhead's the one band that punkers and metalheads always agreed upon. You would always see their patches on punkers' vests and metalheads' vests. But there's one thing about punk that Motorhead didn't have. What is that? And we'll get to that in the next episode. Oh, son of a bitch, you're teasing me. You're teasing, teasing me. Them. Not only that, too, but their fucking story is cool as hell. Lemmy is such an interesting character. And he roadied for Jimi Hendrix. He was Jimi Hendrix's roadie. That's how he started out, out his career. I mean, what cooler way to start out your musical career than hanging out with Jimi Hendrix? Fucking nuts. And watching him cool. play every night. <laughs> watching the fucker play every night. I don't know. Let me, if, if you don't know anything about Lemmy, just look him up and watch every documentary on him because he's so fucking interesting. So anyway, yeah, that's, that's Motorhead. That was the song Overkill. So let's get into some new music and other happenings in the music world. Uh, yeah. Some... New albums that came out this week, uh, Omar Rodriguez Lopez, my boy, mm-hmm. uh, one, my favorite guitar player, uh, he put out what's being called the Cloud Hills tape, the Cloud Hill tapes. Uh, Cloud Hill is this kind of famous studio in Sweden, and a lot of bands go through there, and they, they record a lot of live music there as well as studio records. But Omar was there a couple months ago, and he had like a bunch of guests uh, a bunch of people like his buddies and other people there and they just kind of collaborated and they then they also covered a bunch of omar's uh, solo stuff so the this first tape it's called cloud hill tapes part one 
I think it's like 14 songs all live. Um, and then uh, there's going to be two more after this. I think the next one comes out in July and the last one in August. And it's this one's cool. It's a little bit different from what he normally did. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, it, it's oh, a little yeah. bit different from the original versions of the songs because it's a different singer. And so it's an interesting little take. Uh, so, yeah, go check it out if you're interested. It's not new music, but it's a live record. Uh, Phantom Planet. They uh, they put out their first record. That, fuck, this is, the, this is the first record in probably 13 years that they put out. I think it's like 13 years now. Uh, they put out a new one called Devastator. And um, if you like Phantom Planet, I mean, this is this it's kind of up your up, up your alley. It doesn't sound like California or anything off of The Guest, but it's more latter Phantom Planet. And if you're into that, get into it. I thought it was a pretty good record. Probably you listen know, to the, it more. The more, the more I listen to Phantom Planet, just basically you pushing it on me, the more <laughs> I think they're okay. I figured that. I figured that. Because you've never mentioned, oh, we should do a Phantom Planet record on the pod. Like the guest is, it was like, for me, is, is like they're them at their best. See, the guest is like one of my least favorites. That's because it's popular. No, the guest that's is easy. a great record. That's easy fix. The guest is a great record, but the last two records that came out with before Devastator, those two records are solid. But anyway, Phantom Planet, man, go check them out. Go check out the guest too. It's a good, it's a great record. Jason Schwartzman, your boy Jason, plays on the record. Yeah, sure. Um, Newfound Glory put out a new record called Forever and Ever Times Infinity. I haven't listened to it yet. Did you check it out? Yeah, I listened to it. Did you really? You never yeah, check out new music. Sometimes I do. It's rare. It took well, you like three never. weeks to listen to the Run the Jewels record. Yeah, I don't know why that took me so long <laughs> to do. Even though I pestered you for like the first week, like every day, you gotta listen to it. You gotta listen to it. <laughs> fucking dummy how'd you like it I, I didn't hear it but uh, it's fine it's it's uh it has it has its high moments mostly the songs that we talked about like the greatest of all time i think mm-hmm. is a song that's that's definitely the highlight the, the 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 high point of the album but i mean it's the, some okay so some of the songs i've noticed in that easy core genre mm-hmm some of the some of the songs are overly heavy in their instruments, but then overly nasally and poppy in the vocals, to where it's like they don't match that well. They're, they're not they're not like going off of each other anymore, almost as if they wrote separately and then just spliced the two the two tracks together hmm. and didn't like talk to each other like Chad. I, no, I think he's the main I, songwriter. Yeah. Yeah, with him and and then not, I don't know. It, it just it just sounds like disjointed. It just sounds weird. Some parts. of I it. think you had a, you had that same issue with the the single when we talked about it, because it was it was fairly heavy for Newfound Glory, or as far as I know, it was heavy for them. But it was sounded good. But maybe I guess in the context of an entire record, it could probably sound pretty disjointed. Like I don't mind the heaviness, and I I like it because they do it really well. They do. But you gotta like the vocals gotta match it in some capacity. The vocals can't go the opposite direction and get even more nasally pop punky, and then the music just gets heavier because then it's just it just doesn't it doesn't sound right. It just sounds weird. It sounds like a genre that just shouldn't exist because it's not good. <laughs> that's criti- That's very critical. Yeah. Oof. But it's fine. I mean, it was I, there was no song on there that I would skip. 
Everything was okay. At at that worst. Anything make a playlist? Anything playlistable? Yeah, there's like two or three songs I put on my pop punk playlist. Oof. My PPP. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this this next new brand new song, the only song we're going to talk about, um, I'm sure it didn't make any of your playlists. And no. uh, it's Public Enemy. They put out a new one called State of the Union STFU. And uh, we talked about back in April how there was this feud between Flavor Flav and Chuck D, and they they broke up. Public Enemy broke up, and then it was just this. It was this really stupid story, and I don't even really want to explain it or try to explain yeah, it. It's, it's dumb. And it's it, not fun, and yeah, sounds fake, and it's, it's it's all stupid. Yeah. So they put out this song, and Flavor Flav and Chuck D are both on the song and in the video together, as well as I think DJ Shadow. I think he produced this or he had something to do with this. And um, it sucks, man. It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I was so disappointed. Like it, it sounds like the, the chorus or like the, the chant, it just sounds so like fake. Like it doesn't sound like there's like, there's any passion. And when they both say shut the fuck up together, it just sounds so bad. It's embarrassing. It, it's, it, it is kind of an embarrassing song. I mean, just the fact that they use STFU, like mm-hmm. Chuck D, like dude, you're you're a you're a mathematician, right? In regards to lyrics, you're 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 one of the greatest of all time, and now you're 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 doing STFU, like you're some thirteen year old, like mad at his mom. Mm-hmm. It's just it's so it's so elementary, it's so below him. He's so much better than this, and this whole thing just seems overly forced. It's just. It's embarrassing, and just, this is clearly like some type of weird cash grab or something trying to stay relevant after the the disaster that was Prophets of Rage. And this is just him trying to regain any cred that he lost in the past <sighs> seven years. It's uh, it. You're right. You're 100 right. This song is bad. It's not, it's not even like just like you know. It's okay. No, this song is bad. Yeah, I listened to it twice, thinking the second time, you know, it'd be a little bit better, <laughs> but it was just it, nah. It's just not good. Uh, especially the hook the hook is so it's the hook that really makes the song bad the chorus i mean the the verses are whatever but that fucking hook it's awful it's so bad but, very very grade school mm-hmm. yeah yep 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 okay it's the last thing we have here uh live nation they're they've been known to be shady for many many years and we've talked about the shadiness of them but they decided to take it a step further and really, really, really fuck with the artist even more. And um, because they pretty much own everything and they can do whatever they want, they've decided essentially to take more money from artists who sell tickets for their concerts. And they can do this because they own a lot of the venues, a lot of the big venues especially. And it's really, really shady. It's... It's more complicated than what I'm saying right now, but that's kind of the gist of it. Yeah, that's that's basically it. Yeah, they're just taking way more money than they used to, and they're really, really fucking the artists, and there's nothing they could do. They're essentially making the artist take a pay cut and then taking that pay cut and then funneling it back into Live Nation, mm-hmm. saying that they're so important that they're almost like a this this thing that can't be killed, otherwise the music industry would collapse. Which is so wrong. It's so <laughs> wrong. And they're kind of masking it too. They're masking it in that because, yeah, Live Nation does own a lot of huge venues. 
and the bands that play at these huge huge venues are bands that make a lot of money anyway. So Live Nation's kind of being sneaky about it. They're masking their 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 theft behind that. Like, oh, we're only stealing from the rich. So yeah. We're only stealing from people <laughs> that already make a lot of money. Like, no. Oh. They, but you're not stealing that money from them and then giving it to the poor. You're just fucking stealing from the rich and making yourself richer. Yep. And Especially... So it's. it's it's very sneaky and I don't like it at all. Especially knowing too that that Live Nation and Ticketmaster, they what they do when these big concerts go on sale or when the big bands play small venues, they'll go and they'll they'll put aside, you know, X amount of tickets and they'll put those on third party sites and triple or quadruple what the actual cost is and then sell those on the third party sites in turn making more money for themselves. Well, I don't know if they if they still. I mean, I know they do that because Ticketmaster got sued for that. Yeah, and that is so fucked up. That's so bad. But remember that show we went to the 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 Blink show, the No Doubt show that they oversold it by forty percent or whatever it was. Was it that much? I don't know. If it, it would no. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was like it was it was it was grossly negligent. Mm-hmm. But a lot of a lot of times they'll sell, you know, five to ten percent more. I'm just making up percentages here, but. <laughs> But like, let's say you sell five percent more tickets than the capacity even holds, because not everyone's going to go, right? People yeah. have shit that comes up; they just don't go, and that ticket is now wasted. Mm-hmm. And so, for whatever reason, you know, they sold. Let's just say they sold thirty percent more, but then everybody showed up, and that's why there was that traffic jam, where it should have yeah. taken us forty minutes to get there. Took us six and a half hours. It's insane. Like it to go forty minutes took us six and a half hours, <laughs> and I'm not even joking in that at all. I know there were people shitting and pissing all along the freeway because you were stopped; you could not do anything. Oh God, yeah, that was and fucked. That's, but that's fucked up too. Like you can't. It's imagine like a movie theater, right? Selling more tickets for for a movie that they can hold, and everybody shows up. Like, well, I have no seat. Oh, sorry. It's so fucked. It's so, so fucked. <sighs> but then God forbid I can't attend the concert that day. God forbid I try to get my refund, right? Jesus. <laughs> Good luck with that. That was a that was so shitty for you guys. That you can that you, you got there so late. That that sucked. Yeah, I mean it was it, I, I guess they, they kind of rectified it by saying you don't have to pay for your ticket, which I mean obviously that's the minimum, the bare minimum you should be doing. Yeah. But they also threw in two tickets each for Ozfest. Oh, that's right. And that was your first Ozfest, right? Yeah. So I got two yeah. tickets. My mom got two tickets. John got two tickets. So we all got two tickets to Ozfest, which it's fine, I guess. But Ozfest never really oversells or sells out anyway. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, I guess. And cool. with all those tickets, only you and I went, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I think I think we ended up selling most of the tickets just oh, for like okay. whatever. But nah. <laughs> fuck that. Fuck Live Nation. They're fucking awful. They're super shady. But you can't do anything about it. That's the worst part. You cannot do anything about it. And like what you and I were talking about a couple of weeks ago, how we're seeing that all these iconic small venues, especially in Hollywood and L.A., they're talking about shutting down, like the Troubadour, the the Roxy, the Whiskey, and all that shit. They're talking about shutting down because they don't have any money because no concerts or anything, or no events. And what I mean, what we've been talking about is that Big companies like Live Nation, they're going to swoop in and buy the property and buy the venues and then just, you know, amp up the fucking prices on everything and kind of ruin the integrity of those those venues. 
I, I, I feel like it's going to happen. I feel, I feel like the Roxy and the Rainbow Bar next door are going to be owned by a corporation oh, yeah. by the end of next year. If they, do, if they don't already. They, honestly, some of them yeah, might seriously. already. But, uh, but I, I wouldn't be, would not be surprised if a company, especially Live Nation, I could see Live Nation stooping. If they're stooping this low right now, I could see them going even lower. And don't doing, they own Ticketmaster? They might. Yeah, they might. Yeah. Because I, I feel like Ticketmaster has been sued so many times. There's no way they don't have a parent company. They probably do. And I <laughs> I have a feeling that they are teamed up with, with Live Nation or they're owned by them or something. It's, a, it's, such, a, it's such a travesty. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could do a whole episode just on the Rainbow Bar. Yeah, right, just, honestly. Just, just, it's like, just it's like so tying iconic. back into the Lemmy and Motorhead thing. Like mm-hmm. We could do like an entire episode just on like any kind of iconic bar or music venue in LA. Yeah. I mean, the whiskey, the Viper Room. I mean where River Phoenix died. He died in front of the Viper Room. And, you know, the whiskey where, you know, huge bands like Van Halen, Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue, that's where they started. You know, like the Rainbow Room, like you just said, it's crazy. The the music history in in all of those venues. But... So so Ticketmaster, I just looked at it real quick. Ticketmaster is owned by Live Nation, yeah. Fucking God, Yep. Fucking insane that's it like they they own the fucking live music industry essentially mm-hmm. i mean we already kind of knew it was monopolized but i mean this really you know <clears throat> writes that in, or what's that fucking expression i don't even know but this really just proves that that it is it's a mon- it's a monopoly it's fucked up it is can't do anything in the about past it. Cannot do anything about it unless well, you play gotta, DIY shows. That's it's the gotta only start thing with the artist, do. though. It's got to start with the artist. Like the artists have to say, "No, fuck this. This is stupid." So, like Rivers from Weezer's got to say, "You know what? I'm not playing. We're not Weezer's not playing any more shows that have anything to do with Live Nation or Ticketmaster, mm-hmm. which means they'll be playing like local shows, which is fine. They're not going to make a lot of money, but it has to start with the artist because it's just, or maybe they will make more money. But I think for, from kind of what I've been reading. The reason why a lot of bands go with with a live nation is because it's convenient because they do they do work for them. So if they were I think if a lot of bands were were to take everything on themselves, it would they would make more money in the end. Even if it's smaller venues, they would make more money. You think so? You think Weezer playing they would they would have to play more shows then cuz playing one show at like the Irvine Amphitheater I mean maybe Live Nation's taking a bigger cut. I don't know. I, it would. I don't know. It would have to be because I mean they can they can sell, you know, thousands of tickets at an amphitheater, whereas playing like the House of Blues are selling eight thousand tickets or something like that. Whatever the capacity is. Yeah, but if you think about it, okay, so they play at they have play play at Irvine Meadows, which is a big venue. You know, half of those tickets are being sold for twenty five bucks, thirty bucks, like the lawn seats. You know what I mean? So that that's being like thirty bucks. So and they're only getting a fraction of that, and now they're going to be making even less from that. But if you do it all DIY, more DIY, and you play like a, a venue like the Grove in Anaheim, or you play uh, what's the one where we saw Corn in L.A. Nokia Theater or oh, the, the Palladium, Palladium. the Palladium, yeah, the Palladium. We play at the Palladium. Yeah, it's a smaller venue, but you could charge a little bit more, and you'll be getting more of a cut. 
because you're doing it more yourself. So I think in the end, it, it would kind of even itself out, but then it's a matter of finding people to do the logistics stuff of it. So like, I mean, I, I also looked it up real quick, <laughs> but the Grove, the Grove holds like 1,700 people, mm-hmm. which that's a lot. Yeah. The Irvine Meadows holds 16,000 people. Yeah, but you also have to look at it this way. Those big events that like Irvine Meadows, they're sponsored by K-Rock, by radio stations, by a bunch of different brands. And like half of those or like a good chunk of those tickets are not even sold to the public. Those are those tickets are meant for like radio promotions and any other promotion for that matter. And that's why you see a lot of these bands. I even saw like on the last few Weezer tours, like three weeks or two or three weeks before the show, you'll see those pop up on like um, uh, what is the fuck Groupon for like ten dollars because they have a bunch of they have an excess of tickets that they had set aside, but nobody really wanted. So I feel like they overbook these bands in hopes that they can recoup a lot of that money. And a lot of times they don't. It's just, it's hard for me to believe that Weezer would make more money playing the Grove to 1700 than they would playing an amphitheater to 16,000. Those numbers, those numbers are just too drastic. They're they're too far apart. I just I have a very think, hard time believing that. Or maybe or maybe it's something like where they say they were gonna play at Irvine Meadows, they were gonna they get they they're given a cut of the ticket sales, but then they're also given an upfront payment. So they're given, you know, a few million dollars just to do the tour. Like Live Nation pays them a couple million dollars just to do the tour on top of a fraction of the ticket sales. So maybe that's why they do those big shows, those big venues, because then the, that they're promised X amount of dollars, even if the I tickets mean, don't sell. A band that big is going to sell out no matter what. The Grove will sell out. If Weezer played The Grove, that would sell out within hours, if that. Yeah, maybe. But I just... So but like going also, back but, to this whole then, thing, this whole then, thing has to start with the artist. This whole The change has to start with the artist. The artists have to stop playing for Live Nation. The artists have to stop playing at things that are owned by these big corporations. I mean, the Grove is owned by Anaheim, the city of Anaheim, and that's mm-hmm. like the that's that's so rad. If things go the way they're supposed to in government and things like that, a city-owned <laughs> venue, I mean that that's 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 putting money back into the city that that built it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. They got to stop playing big venues that are owned by big companies. But I also think too that we're thinking these bands are bigger than they are because the last time I saw Weezer, they played with Panic at the Disco at Irvine Meadows, and they that was not even close to being sold out. There were a lot of lot of empty seats for both bands, so these bands aren't nearly as big. They're, I think they're just given a certain amount of money up front before the tour or to do the tour by Live Nation or whatever, and by their their adver- or the sponsorships and everything, but. These bands aren't as big as we think they are. There's no way. I mean, maybe you're right. I, I mean, realistically, I don't think Live Nation gives a shit about ticket sales because where these these amphitheaters and where this shit is placed, they're going to make money on parking and then on concessions. Like, you can't bring anything into these fucking shows. No. And you're forced to drink a $6 bottle of water. You're forced to get, like, a $10 hot dog. So they're making a fuck ton of money in concessions. Yeah. Definitely. Like an absorbent amount of money. So I don't. Yeah, I, I think that Live Nation probably doesn't give a shit about ticket sales. I don't even know. Like the ticket sales, ticket sales are probably just there just to strictly pay the artist. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think 
No. Because they give away, like you said, they give away tickets for 10 bucks, two for you know 10 or three for 20 or something like that. So they're not making a whole lot, and they still got to pay Weezer. And it's not just Weezer. I mean, it's their crew. It's it's their manager. Everybody throughout in the Weezer well, yeah, realm but, is getting but, paid. So they're paying Weezer tens of thousands of dollars to play these shows. Yeah, that's, uh, I guess. But again, I I think this has to start with the art. The artist has to say, you know what, everybody, we are done playing big venues like this. We are done playing any venue that is owned by a big company. We are now only going to be playing mom and pop type venues. Please come support us. But I also don't think a lot of bands would do that because who knows how far reaching Live Nation is with like record companies. Because if you say, oh, fuck Live Nation, we're not going to play any of the venues, say Live Nation is, you know, buddies with, I, I'm just, Roadrunner Records. Let's just say Roadrunner. And, you know, a band like Nickelback says, fuck Live Nation, we're not going to play those. Roadrunner can say, you know, well, we're going to drop you. We're, you're not, we're not going to distribute your music. We're not going to do this and this and that if you, unless you, you play these Live Nation shows. That's why it's got to start with the big artists. I mean, even going to... But Nickelback is actually fucking huge. Yeah, well, I mean, Nickelback's a, a joke, and they would never do this. <laughs> but like, Weezer's a, a band I could potentially see telling people no. Nah, I mean, they, I don't think Rivers would ever say "fuck Live Nation," but he would say, "I don't like Live Nation. Let's, we're not going to play those anymore." <laughs> and if they did get dropped, I think they're still on Geffen. And so, if they did get dropped because of whatever, because you're right. I mean, who fucking knows? Live Nation could have the, the, the he could play golf with with David Geffen. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knows? And so Dick Geffen now drops Weezer. I don't think Weezer's going to care. I think Weezer's now big enough where they can self-produce music. And because the internet is, is what it is, the record industry is kind of dwindling. And then like the self-DIY promotion is kind of getting bigger. So a band like Weezer could even start their own label, which is weird that they haven't started their own label. But like they could do it. And again, this has to be like big bands that start this, that start this movement Without yeah. the support of these big bands, you could have a thousand little bands, but nobody's gonna fucking care. Nobody cares if if Fat Mike doesn't, you know, or we're told not Live to care. Nation. You know, we're told not to care because the big bands don't care. But I mean, who say the big Grady bands doesn't are right? care? Blink doesn't care. Weezer doesn't care. I also think it's really shady them doing this at this time, knowing that once venues do open and the concerts do come back. Once they do come back, they're doing this knowing that there's going to be this giant influx of bands touring, and so they're they're these bands need to start making money from touring, and so they're going to charge them more, knowing that there's going to be so many more bands to go doing this right now, and that makes it even shadier too. Like they're really taking advantage of the situation, this fucked up situation we're in. That's fucked, fucked up situation and these fucked up police. But it's true. That's better than all would say. Bradley Knowles is chill. I don't know. What am I saying? What? Did you call him a shill? Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why that <laughs> word even came to my mind. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't even know what a shill is. It doesn't matter. He's not a shill. He's been dead for 23 years or something like 23 years, I think. Yeah. Oh, he, he's a plant. He's, <laughs> he's just... <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Cause it's I had like the cause opposite of it, that. It's because I had Rage Against the Machine on my mind because I Oh yeah. I think they kind of are because they I know at least Tom Morello is like really good buddies with the guy from Live Nation and that's why they always play Coachella because they Live Nation owns Coachella and that brand. So, and and I think not even a year ago Tom Morello said that that he's 
the, the only reason why they've played Coachella so many times is because they're friends with the owner of Live Nation. Barf. So, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. There you go. Yep, yep, yep. Well, that lasted longer than I thought it was going to be. We're so irritated with this, all of this stupid shit. Yeah, it's really so annoying. annoying. It's so frustrating. And I just, I want to start going to shows again. I miss it so much. Uh, it's so much fun. I mean, like, one of my favorite things, too, is, like, festivals. Like, festivals have always been, like, our bread and butter. Yeah, but... Like, we've gone to so many festivals that have just been insanely fun. True. But just nowadays, like the best I don't of know. times. But, yeah, like, why, why the fuck would I go to a festival now when it's, I don't know, too expensive, it's too far, and it's... And also, like, you know, when we terrible. were between, like, the ages of, like, 18 and 24, 25, we didn't mind going to the festival at like 11 a.m. and staying until 11 o'clock at night. Like nowadays, I, I'm not, I don't want to do that. Like I'd rather... The, the bill would have to be really good for me yeah, to stay all day. Exactly. That's true. Plus like back then too, we would like not eat. We would eat before we went <laughs> and then we'd eat when we left and like have nothing to eat. Spend like maybe $10 in 10 hours. For like just water maybe. <laughs> yeah, and then even we're tired of drinking the fountain. Yeah, and then even then we would be like, fuck, I don't want to spend that much money on water. Because we didn't then even we would drink. keep our bottles and then fucking put more oh, water and fountain into it. <laughs> That's right. We did that. Uh, we're cool, man. We're so cool. Totes. We're <laughs> punk rock. We're, we're the best punkers ever. We have a good punk ethos. We used we to. Had. We I used guess. to. Yeah. Uh, we used to be so much cooler than we are now. Dang, you sound like Tom Trauma. <sighs> That's what happens when you listen to Punk Till I Die all the time. Great podcast, by the way. Check it out. Maybe maybe we'll get them on the pod, or I'll, or I'm gonna go on their pod. I'm gonna ask if I can be on their pod. <laughs> <laughs> it's so direct. Of... It's so direct and and, and just <laughs> like earnest and like okay, fuck it, yeah, let's have them on. <laughs> Dude, they have people on all the time from like these like obscure punk bands that I've never heard of. They have these guys on, and then they like they they like. <sighs> It's kind of cool because you get to kind of see them like really enjoy the conversation with these guys that they like so they like they like their music so much. So that part's really cool, but yeah, like a good like 70% of the bands I've I never heard of. And they their music probably fucking sounds like 70% and probably sounds fucking the same. Yeah. But honestly, the conversations yeah. are pretty cool because they they do know the music so well, so there's like a really good there's usually always a really good back and forth and the guys that they always have on are like have really cool personalities they seem like really cool down-to-earth people it's a cool pod man if you if well the, the the punk scene is is kind of unique in that if you're in it you need to be an expert at it or you need to be so aloof and so disconnected and such a douche but that see, it kind of deflects any of the other stuff otherwise you're just a fucking poser but they're not but like Tom Trauma, like he always talks about how he likes a lot of music outside of punk rock music. He loves he a lot of... He does not. He no, never talks about that. Because Fuck you don't listen either. to his pod. I've listened to, to punk news for years and he never once talked about anything outside no, of he, punk music. No, he always talks about metal music and he said like one of his favorite metal bands is Metallica. And he loves Motorhead. Like he loves a lot of metal music as well and thrash music. He's super into that as well as punk music. And then he so, talks about like... music that is kind of just like punk anyway. And then, and then, but it's funny because like he'll talk about, yeah, I had to take my daughter to go see My Chemical Romance like 10 years ago and it was awful. They're so shitty. 
and like talks shit on like Green Day, except for like everything he said like everything before Warning was great, but everything after has been bullshit, which is true. But fair, yeah. So not he, true, he, but fair point. He's not as bad as you think he is. You're only you're no, only ba- worse. You're only basing this off of Adam White, who's just so bad that you no, that, because Adam White that, only that had a bigger in role in else. punk news after Ricky Frankel left. Adam White was was like a guest at best. He wasn't on every episode. He was on like every so like bad. four episodes, and then after Ricky Frankel left, Adam White took over, and then he was on every episode. But it was just like Ricky, John, and and Tom. Oh, so like good. that was a perfect podcast. That was a great pod. Yeah, but I I agree. Adam White is he's a terrible terrible podcaster but i also <laughs> so think he's a boring. very boring fucking person oh man yeah i haven't listened to to punk news in probably like three or four weeks it's been a while That's it because i've been burned like I, i've been burned so bad by them because john doesn't even talk anymore I know. I and then john they got this this new person on like john and tom they they, they kind of like stopped talking and then adam and then the new person i forgot her name but they're so fucking annoying and they neither of them have any personality at all. They have no passion. It's just like, dude, they're fucking awful. But what are you going to do? At least Tom has a cool pod. I wish John was on it, but what are you going to do? Liverpool Neil's cool though. I like him a lot. He's rad. <sighs> Drinking your tea over there? Yep. Anyway, what are we talking about? Are we, are we wrapping it up? What yeah, are we doing? Wrap, wrap, yeah, wrap, okay, wrap, yeah. wrap it up. Yeah, listen to the, listen to the main episode because we're getting into the uh, Sex Pistols record. Never mind the bollocks. Here's the Sex Pistols. Um, thank you for listening to Asinine Radio. We really appreciate. It. Go to iTunes. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us in there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. And um, dude, there's like dogs fighting. Uh, but yeah, that's it. That's all. Um, listen.